Hello. You know what? Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. What? Huh? What? Yeah, what? go. Uh, go, go. Part two. I would, but Rob is making noise. Sorry. <laughs> just noise. I'm sorry. You're making it work! I'm just saying sorry. This got a bumper. Sorry is noise. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon, and joining me as ever is Jack. Yo! Irish. Hello! And Rob. Noise! <laughs> Making noise. Hello, sorry. And we're back, <laughs> uh, you know, a week after you last heard us, obviously, or two weeks, uh, to talk about 2015 in video games. Hells yeah. This is really weird. However, you know how I was literally just talking about, like, 2.9 kickout? <laughs> what, what, literally like two weeks ago? Two oh re- shit, was that the end of the last episode or the beginning of this one? Oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> Time travel! Um, basically, yeah. Uh, over the weekend, I forgot to mention, I was in London. You were? Yes, I did actually mention that. Yeah, we I, actually I talk in, about it. I was in London watching uh, large oiled up men grapple one another to pounding techno music. That sounds good. Rather, rather wonderful, mm. actually. Um, so I was at the double TV taping for TNA Impact and afterwards went to the the hotel bar. And Simon, you'd be very proud of Rowan and I. Because, yeah, you know how like we went, to, we basically, we went to the same bar and sat at the same bar drinking drinks with the people, the, the, the wrestlers of TNA, right? Yep. Who do you reckon we spent till four in the morning drinking with? Rockstar Spud. No. Uh, Stink. Uh, lower your expectations. Is he still around? Wait, he is lower still around. my expectations. Lower your expectations. Yes. Uh, Mandrews. Hey, you leave him the fuck alone, <laughs> man. You know what's weird about Mandrews, right? He approached me in the bar and fist bumped me and said, you were awesome. And I got, and then he walked away. And by the time he'd gone, the shock had worn off and I got really fucking confused because I was like, no, you were awesome. I just cheered for you. That's awesome. Maybe he saw you. He did. That's the thing. Because he pointed at me in the crowd when I was in the crowd. I was there going, fuck it. Because basically like, he he was on um, British Boot Camp, which is like a reality show. um, Trying to sort of, get the next person to be on the the, on the the contract with TNA. Okay. And he turned up in a, in the second episode, mm. and I literally just, the moment he was on TV and doing his bit, I literally just pointed to the TV, just turned to Rowan and went, him. Either he wins this, or I leave you and marry him. One of these two <laughs> things. <laughs> am I, before I continue guessing, am I right in thinking that Spud had a hair versus hair match with EC3? He did. It was the most... Heartbreaking thing I've ever seen. Oh no, Spud didn't lose, did he? Yes, he did. Oh no, no, dude, he lost, and he, oh man, he bladed. I think he bladed a bit too deep. Because his face went that proper black red. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, and oh man, he it was it was heartbreaking. He's had this feud with EC3, who's like a proper evil bastard. You've seen how they are together, yeah? Yeah, yeah. EC3 is the traditional uh, wrestling um, prototype of the the sort of the son of the owner of the company. Yeah, you know, the authority has all the power. And it was 
horrifying because basically EC3 won and it was like he, they did an amazing bit because like um, most of the match was Spud getting the shit kicked out of him because EC3 is now working with Tyrus who used to be Brodus Clay in WWE um, so they were basically just leathering the shit out of him with a chair for most of the match hey, Brodus is now has moved over to huh yeah Brodus Clay we used to work with his cousin in the box factory remember <laughs> Yeah, I can forget what her name was, but the the older lady with the glasses. No. Yeah. I what, not cousin. to derail this even further, yeah. but the way Tyrus has been acting in Impact reminds me because I'm also marathoning for the first time. So no spoilers for season five, Breaking Bad. Um, oh. And Tyrus's role at the moment really reminds me of Huel, um, <laughs> Saul's yes. big security guard, just yes. stood there behind EC3 going reasonably. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Um, there's the things like, so they were just leathering the shit out of him with a chair. Spud bleeds massively and just gets beaten the shit out of him in the center of the ring. And then just this wonderful thing, like the whole crowd, you know, clapping and stamping the feet in unison, like getting a whole pump up thing. And he, it's beautiful. He does the cane no cell sit up. <laughs> Little five foot two Spud just. Sits up like Michael Myers in the ring. Yeah, I love when little guys do big guy no cells. It's wonderful. But this thing, and then ECP runs over to him and just punches him in the top of the head, oh, which fuck. makes which makes Spud get up to his knees, and then gets punched again. And he gets to his feet, punched again, straightens up, and every punch just seems to get him more and more upright <laughs> until eventually just he's just stopped the punch this is the opposite it, of what I want to happen shoves, shoves EC3 back pulls off his necklace and does the whole Hulk Hogan you point and then you know lays out a combo does a sliced bread which is a really really cool maneuver um, if, for those of you familiar with it and then promptly got like reversed and rolled up and beaten and then EC3 gave a really really long speech about how Spud you've you finally, you've proven that you belong in this business. You gave it absolutely everything you had. You are, you showed that you are a tiger, you are a gazelle, and damn it, you're a man. And you showed, <laughs> everyone, and you showed everyone here tonight that you are an absolute badass and you deserve to be in this company and that you are going to make a great champion one day. Spud, we can't ever be friends again. I know that. But how about we just shake hands? We go our separate ways. We probably just, you know, never really deal with one another again. And, they, and I was like, oh, EC3 is going to kick him in the nuts. And then they shook hands. And then EC3 went away. I just sat on the ropes and let Spud out. And as Spud was leaving, grabbed him by the neck and threw him back into the ring. <laughs> and shouted, not! And then shaved his head. <laughs> shaved his whilst, head? Whilst he was in the uh, tree of woe. Yeah, it's a hair versus hair match. The loser has the head shaved. Oh, sorry, yeah. I missed that bit. Yeah. Oh, God. Because he did say, I'm not going to shave your head. You, you, you don't deserve to be... Uh, you don't deserve to be sort of uh, disrespected in such a manner when you've given such an amazing fight. And then he says, yeah, no! And then puts him in the tree of woe and shaves his head. Um, but for, for people who don't mind spoilers and whatnot, Spud did then come back later on in the evening... And pin low key, uh, cashed in his um, Feast or Fire briefcase, pinned low key, and became the X Division champion. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. So that is fucking awesome. Um, but I'm having trouble lowering my expectations from Mandrews. Uh, unless it's Jeremy Borash, I, I don't think there's close, any lower I can go. Close, but you are getting there. Oh, the Professor Mike Tenay? No, he wasn't there. Oh, okay. Uh, I have no idea. The Hebners. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I we hadn't. They they didn't even come to mind. Yeah, exactly. We spent the we we were up till four in the morning drinking with the Hebners. Actually, I can imagine Earl has some pretty good war stories. Uh, we didn't really see Earl that much. It was mostly Brian Hebner. Oh, uh, fair enough. Who is a super super nice guy, as is as is um, Brian Sniffler, the other referee who sort of does most of the TNA stuff. It is mostly just those three. Um, but people doing back and forth, like coming in and out of the bar and being really just nice and chatting to the fans. So very, very personable, a lot of them. And that moment going to the loo and, well, basically I went into the loo and, and it's really weird. Wrestlers don't seem to understand that rule of if you're in the men's room, you don't make eye contact or talk to anyone in there. No, because they are secure. And uh... that's the thing is I was peeing and Chris Melendez, who is the uh, wrestler with the purple heart, um, the guy with the um, prosthetic leg. Yeah, I really like him. Yeah. Because I think, I, I wish they wouldn't, I mean, I get that they're, 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 it's really, really, really important that he's there and that this, the stuff that he's doing is fucking amazing. But it's like, I keep looking at him going, he is just an amazing wrestler. He's really good. Yeah. And I really don't like that Taz and Mike Tanay or uh, Josh Matthews now do the whole, he's a really good wrestler for a guy with one leg thing. Yeah. It's like, no, he's he's just a really good wrestler. See, when I first oh, saw him, I was really hoping they were going to use him to face turn Bobby, yeah, and do a sort of U.S. sergeants uh, tag team with uh, Mr. Anderson and Gunner. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty fucking cool. Mm. But this is like he he came in and just sort of nodded, went, "Hey, man, you're right." And I was like, "He's talking in the bathroom. He's breaking the rules." <laughs> and then as I was leaving. <laughs> Three guys came in. It was uh, Eddie Edwards of the Wolves, uh, Sonada, who's a Japanese wrestler who's really, really, really great, and Bram. I don't know if you've seen Bram when you've been watching Impact yet, Simon. Uh, I don't think I've seen him wrestle, but he's the very large, very hairy guy. Yes, who is the psychotic, like, hits pe- actually hits people with Janice, um, hardcore wrestler. Yes. And he yes. does a good mental look. Also also a Brit. Yeah. There's so many Brits in TNA right now. Uh, Mark Andrews, Spud, um, well, technically speaking, they were all, all the people from British Boot Camp were there, including Grado, which was fucking weird because Grado did the save on Matt Hardy getting the beat down from James Storm's um, like fraternity. So it's really fucking weird to have James Storm and Matt Hardy and and uh, Manic and all these people in the ring doing their big beatdown thing, right? And Abyss on the outside. And then the lights to go out and this weird orange mood lighting to go on and Grado's music to hear. Because I don't know if you're aware of Grado, Simon. I can't say I am. That's not a name okay. I know. He's a Glaswegian wrestler. His entrance music is Like a Prayer by Madonna. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, terrifying. To, to see, so, but with like a really, really heavy bass line to it. Yeah. But to hear thousands of people in the Wembley Arena clapping their hands and singing along to like a prayer, whilst a tubby, pale Scottish man leathered James Storm over and over again, <laughs> and then cool. danced with Matt Hardy and the Wolves in the ring. That is I've cool. just looked him up. I am. Um, that's amazing. He had a feud with Al uh, with Al Snow. I can see uh, that working. Yeah, but anyway, as I, was, as I was leaving the bathroom, those three, so Sonada, Eddie Edwards, and Bram were standing around one toilet cubicle. Okay, doing a hit. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I assume they weren't because nah. they were quite sort of that's pretty. pretty. But just as I was walking past, Bram turned and looked at me, and he just sort of had that mad glint in his eyes. And he looked at me. So wait, he was doing a hit. I don't, I don't know, he always has that. And he looked at me and went, "It's not weird. We're just having a communal wee." <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I don't think you know what weird is anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then as yeah. I left, that was the moment where I pushed the door open and Bobby Lashley was on the other side. Which is a terrifying <laughs> process. It would have yeah, it would have been better if you say, Where do you think you're going? <laughs> Because, um, I mean, we used to have the running joke about the, the horrible nightmare of Lashley approaching you thick end first. Yes. Uh, and he was. Oh, but he spears you, at least at least he does it with the blunt end. <laughs> he, has a big, he has big shoulders. He has terrifying eyes, too. Um, he's not as he's triangular too... as he used to be, but he's still pretty triangular. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but there's also like, things happening in the bar afterwards, like, uh, the amount of times I heard just people shouting Sonata's name just to convince him to drink. <laughs> just I just looked across and you just hear, Sonata! Drink it, you shit! <laughs> um, and seeing someone scream Bram's name whilst lifting up a glass of whiskey at him and seeing Bram just look really dejected and shuffle over going, all right. <laughs> they are such lovely guys. EC3 was offered a drink by pretty much everyone at the bar and, bless him, accepted every drink that he was offered, then drank it, then moved on. So I have to say hi and having a chat with people. But at no point did I ever see him ask what it was that they had just made him drink. He just got on with it. He just he just accepted drinks from a whole hotel bar full of strangers. Drank, and I'm not kidding. Over the course, because he was still he was fine by four o'clock in the morning, right? But everyone there offered him drinks. He must have had. I'm not kidding. Close to about four hundred pounds worth of alcohol. Mm. Easy in a London hotel. Absolutely, but still, that's still that's, a, that's a lot. still a lot. That's at least ten drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On various different things. Some of them were pint glasses of stuff with shot glasses of other stuff inside them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he was, uh. he was fine. But yeah, uh, being being fist bumped by Mandrews and being told I was great, or I did a great job, or whatever the fuck mm. it was. Uh, what was the other one? Um, MVP, like sort of sitting at the bar next to me, sitting across to me, go, hey, sup, man? And then I went, I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> man man um, man <laughs> I really wanted to I really wanted to, to speak to a lot more of the people just to like call Ethan Carter to say Mr. The Third oh yeah and Mr. VP hmm? so how did you find did like did you approach anyone or did you just happen to we were just meander over and they start talking to you or did you actually actively go and introduce yourself well, to we people we were studying or... basically last year we went there we went to the hotel bar not expecting what we did we went to the hotel bar because we were like oh, we're not tired yet let's go to the bar and have a couple of drinks and yeah. we went there and all the fucking wrestlers were there we were like oh shit they're staying at this hotel Yeah. well basically we basically wandered through our corridor in the hotel and passed by Kazarian coming the other way <laughs> who was at the time my favourite TNA wrestler no longer in TNA unfortunately I was going to say um, he's no longer your favourite wrestler in TNA but he's not in TNA as you point out yeah which is a massive shame because he was fucking amazing but he just sort of was walking the other way like oh cool they're staying at this hotel and we went to the bar and like oh my god they're drinking at this bar um, but we failed to buy anyone a drink that night and we were like no fuck it we're not leaving this bar until we bought someone a drink and it was getting really hard because basically Rowan and I both have exactly the same problem which is if we, if we see performers after a show we basically look at them and like, well, we could go and say hi, and we really want to go and say hi, but they've worked a really fucking hard job tonight. And I'm fairly <laughs> certain they don't want just random scrubs coming over to them being all like, hi, we want to socialise with you. Aww. And I'm like, just let, just let them have a quiet night. Maybe they don't want a quiet well, night. Well, I know. Wrestlers, they're professional wrestlers. Quiet night is is generally, if they want a quiet night, they're not in the hotel bar. I'll say no, that. Is, that is exactly. a very good point. I, mean, I will remember that for next time. But we were just doing a really bad job of talking to anyone that came in. Mostly because we were like fucking terrified of a lot of them. That's um, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, 
we were just sort of sitting there, and then uh, Brian. Uh, uh, Brian Hebner just came in, was standing next to us, and he was holding an empty uh, Heineken, an empty, oh, what was it? Doesn't particularly matter, but an empty pint of something. Bex, that was it. It was like a little symbol on the glass. And um, he just sort of looked at us and went, excuse me, guys, you know British money. How much does it cost for another one of these? And then he just showed us like a handful of change, and can I buy another one? <laughs> And we were like, oh, it's, it's really, it's the hotel bar, man. It's really expensive. So I don't know if you do. And then we went, wait, fuck it. No, it doesn't matter if you have enough. We'll buy you the next one. Went, That's really kind of you. We like, yeah, we tried to buy you a drink last year, but you already had six <laughs> pints set up in front of you, you fucking alky. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was so fucking lovely just talking about the show and just how much he was enjoying himself. And, and oh, so good. And just, I, I'm so blown away by just how fucking lovely everyone there was. Um, and I, th- I think mostly it's Anderson and Gunner seem to just throw themselves at the fence. Oh, also, you'll be you're potentially happy about this, Simon, because you're the only person I know who knows WWE as well as TNA. Hmm. Um, Drew McIntyre. Yes. Is now in TNA. Ooh. That's interesting. Cut a fucking flawless promo. Because basically he was, came out to the ring and every, I, I didn't realize he was now in TNA. I assume he like turned up in the Glasgow show. I would have presumed and, so, yes. Yeah. And was doing. he came down, and everyone was like, Drew, Drew, Drew. I was like, who the fuck is that? And there is, oh my God, it's Scottish Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he came out and did his promo. So, well, I, you know, I used to come and see shows here and when I was younger, and I used to like watch from the crowd and enjoy all these people. And it was really, really, you know, doing that whole, like, oh, like the, the Mick Foley thing, you know, seeing um, Superfly jump from the cage, that, that oh, whole era of things, yeah. like saying how when he was young, he used to come and watch shows here. And then he stopped and went, but you know what? I never watched shows from inside the ring. That'd be crazy. I watched them from out there. And he just got out of the ring, vaulted over the barrier, <laughs> waddled into our section of the crowd, and someone offered up their seat, and he just stood on their seat. That's and went, awesome. And he was like, talking about being a fan, how like the fans are the best part of TNA, etc., etc., etc. And then went on to say, but you know what? The best part about all those shows was like watching myself a couple of weeks later, watching the show and going... I bet I can spot myself in the crowd. So everyone around you, <laughs> fucking crowded, get in there, get in there. You want to be able to see yourself in a couple of weeks. Because <laughs> you fucking will. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yes, he was just, he was really, really cool. Ah, oh, that's nice. So cool. that did, he, like- did he wrestle? Uh, he wrestled, he had a very quick match against, it was supposed to be against MVP, but it was basically just him getting his ass beaten in by uh, the beatdown clan. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, it kind of worries me that, like, the, the stable made up almost entirely of the minorities in TNA is called the clan. Yeah, I'm I'm really... Actually, are they? I thought they were the BDC, the beatdown crew. No, they're the beatdown clan. Oh. Oh, yeah. Bro. Oh, well, I didn't it sounds know that. Like, it sounds like you guys had... A far better time than the Rumble did. Yeah, <laughs> true enough. That's a good point. Yeah, but it was like, it was wow. just an outstanding show. Opened with an Ultimate X match, um, which which had a spot in it which I've never seen in an Ultimate X match. Granted, because it was a three way tag Ultimate X match, um, ended with get towards the end of a spot of uh, piggyback shoulder riding slap fight. Okay, yeah, I can see how that would happen in an ultimate. Being ended by a double missile dropkick. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Um, Someone else I didn't realise was at the show until he turned up in the bar, and the entire crowd, a a chant started in the bar, you know, the clap, 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 proper chant, 
Chat started in the bar, started by Mr. Anderson. <laughs> of just clap, 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 clap. Tommy Dreamer! Uh, and Tommy Dreamer was at the bar, who then promptly looked really embarrassed and went and stood in the corner. I would have had to have bought him a drink. Yeah, absolutely, right? But it's just like the entire crowd shouting out, Tommy Dreamer! Um, so, absolutely fantastic time was had by all. Best show. I'm hoping they do another one next year. Uh, they have, unlike the other three years I've got, this is our fourth year going, unlike the other three times, they didn't announce the dates for the next show at the end of this show, which has made us a bit worried. But Rowan has basically looked across me and said, yeah, but they've done two title changes at this show and they've not done any before. They've done an Ultimate X here now. They've not done one before. Are they setting up for a UK pay-per-view? This is Rowan's theory. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I hope they are. Because it, it'll be lo- it'll be time for lockdown next yeah. year. I would love a UK lockdown. I would go to that. I mean, yeah. I want to go next year anyway to whatever Seriously, they do come next year. Uh, let Roman and I know um, if you if you're up for it, because then we'll basically get all the tickets together and we'll sit in the same block. Uh, assume I am. Cool. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Because um, oh man, it's so well worth it. It was especially the block we were in because we we were hard camera side by the ring. Mm. Um, so expect to see me standing up halfway through the Bobby Lashley. Kurt Angle title match uh, during the 2.9 count standing up and shouting yeah (laughs) ooh Lashley Angle title match yep ooh I would have liked to have seen that yeah yeah meanwhile over in WWE I am I am already wishlisting a match for Wrestlemania yeah I am expecting because he no longer has a streak to defend and Wrestlemania is in Texas I think this will be Undertaker's retirement Oh, shit. I think it's going to be the last time he competes. Yep. And I would love to see it against Sting. Uh, the final, the, the match that we've always wanted, basically. Yep. Yeah. The dream match that everyone has wanted ever since... Well, ever since ever, but especially since Sting came to WWE. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I may... I, yes, I am sitting here going, the fight I most want to see at WrestleMania, the biggest pro wrestling event of the year, is a 56-year-old man fighting a 51-year-old man. Yeah, but there is that. I really want to see that match. Absolutely. The hype for it would be amazing. Also worth pointing out for the TNA show, i completely forgotten, it is the first time I have gone to a mixed Maximum Impact tour and seen someone do a um, shooting star press and not concuss themselves. <laughs> Literally, every single Maximum Impact tour we've gone to before, the three ones we've gone to before, someone's done a shooting star press and they have knocked themselves the fuck out because they land on their chin and fold over backwards. Well, that is why it's called Maximum Impact. Yep. And Mandrews did one and did it flawlessly. Nice. First person Shall we talk about some video games? Let's talk about some video games because you know what's coming out in, in January so it's already out? It's uh, WWE Immortals. Immortals. So I'm going to the same segue. There we go. <laughs> Oh, Actually, you know what? We're we're a, we're a geekdom uh, podcast and whatnot. I, I don't know if you follow many of the same um, bloggers and whatnot, Simon. But have you seen this this um, thing doing the rounds of like I forgot what the name of the guy is, but someone talking about if I booked WWE, like if I wrote the storylines and whatnot, mm. do away with a central evil authority figure, whether that's Vince McMahon or the Authority or what have you, right? Yeah. Scour your back catalogue of legends. Your Hulk Hogan's, your uh, your Iron Sheiks, your your um, Ric Flair's and whatnot, right? Yep. 
and set them up as you know the legends, the, the, the godheads, these these myth, near mythical figures, right? Mm-hmm. And give them each. You basically split the roster up into a couple of stables, one for each of them, and have it basically like Greek mythology, where you've got these gods with their, their team of heroes, and that way these old guys can basically get involved in the thing, not because they're evil, malicious, or trying to sway things, but because they're just kind of dicking around. Playing with the lives of mere mortals. Yeah, and trying to one-up one another by saying, my heroes are better than your heroes. Ooh, I like that. Isn't that really cool? I love that, because you've already got, like, Hulk Hogan is basically Zeus. Mm. You've got uh, Ric Flair is quite clearly Bacchus. (laughs) Um, You've got Rick Steiner, if you ever want Ares. So So essentially the Godfathers of wrestling. Yeah, Godfathers as gods. Yeah. And it really fits the WWE's whole thing of having the legends around. Yeah. That's that's such a cool idea. That is a cool idea. So that would would that make Undertaker Hades then? I was going to say. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to play play, play on the trope of it all. Mm. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I saw the word legends there. um, WWE Immortals there and thought I would bring that up. So, uh, video games of 2015. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might not have realised that, considering it has largely been the uh, pro wrestling show so far. But I actually find it really interesting, though. I do need to watch more. I've always liked it. We, we should do a pro wrestling show where we talk about why it is we love it and okay. what if, it is. We could do a thing with Rob and with Iris. Add it to the list. Well, we could do a thing like much like the Attitude Era podcast does, which is get one person who's not as familiar with a thing, mm. in this case TNA, and just show them a back catalogue of great pay-per-views and whatnot. Mm. And say, or terrible pay-per-views, because, you know, it's TNA, it's a bit terrible of a mixed bag. Fun, yeah. <laughs> and just say, right, what did you think of this? And just do a review, a review show of the pay-per-views. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if you have the network and I have the network, we can just pick a show and watch it, because every single pay-per-view in the back catalogue is there. WCW, ECW, and WWE. Oh man, we could do the ECW pay-per-views. <laughs> oh, December to Dismember. Yep. But yes, video games. And I mean, no, old school ECW though, the good ones. Oh, before they got the TV deal. Yeah, because um, when WWE bought them, they got the rights. Oh, so cool. all the old ECW back catalogue is on there as well. Mm. Like, if so, you want to see the time that the EC Dub fans literally buried the ring in chairs, it's oh, there. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, man, we've got to do the show. Keep keep an eye out for Kick Out or whatever the fuck we're going to call it. I have just lost my shit. I've just seen, because I uh, just explained to the listeners, um, that we don't have amazing, immaculate memories. There's actually a list of the video <laughs> games. <laughs> About <laughs> everyone. Well, so we ruin yeah. our secrets. Sorry, oh sorry. I mean, God. I mean, okay, fine. Street secret. I just managed to pull it out of my ass that there's actually a video game coming out that I didn't know was coming out. W1S1 Robert ruins the business. Heroes of Might and Magic 3 HD release. Well, I was going to say, January is a big month for re releases because we've got Resident Evil HD. Yep. Uh, we've got Heroes of Might and Magic HD. Fahrenheit. Fandango has come out as a remastered HD game. Oh. And Fahrenheit slash Indigo Prophecy HD Fahrenheit. Yeah, holy shit. I love that game. Every single one of those games, by the way, uh, is a classic. Yeah. 
Uh, they are all worth getting. Uh, yes. Even Resident Evil, and you won't hear me say that about zombie games often. Yeah, yeah right, I was going to say. It's it's the GameCube remake of Resident Evil, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yep. They're really good. It is a good so one. So good. It's, it's it, was the a, one... it was a high-definition remake of the time as well. Yes. Well, this is the thing. is, It's the one that freaks me the fuck out because it was like, hey, you've got zombies. They're slow, and if you want... It's the Resident Evil way. Like, what do you do? You shoot them, or you just go into the next room, or you go up some stairs. You leave the map, basically. Mm. And then Resident Evil the remake comes along, and it's like, you shoot them. And they'll die. And then if you return to the room, they'll get up and they will run after you. Uh, like, Crimson some heads. Yeah, unless you shoot them in the head or, or, or uh, burn the body. And no, there's like, that, oh, fine. That's like a zombie. Yeah, I'll go up the stairs. I'll go up the stairs and get away from them. It's following me up the stairs. It's running up the stairs. It's faster than me. <laughs> I'll hide in this room. Oh, God, it's opening the door. And he's like, what's that noise? Crimson heads were amazing. Yeah, they were, but horrifying at the same time. The thing that actually scared me the most, literally scared me in that remake, was when the, um, uh, what was it? When you go out into the, onto the grounds, and you go to that little shack, and it's got, uh, I can't remember the characters, I can't remember the creature's name now. I think Lisa Trevor, I think is the name. Basically, add in an extra unkillable beast type thing to the game yeah. just to shit you up and it worked <laughs> it really worked it really worked I mean like, there's quite a lot of stuff I mean if we're looking at looking ahead at 2015 yeah, we should probably just skip over uh, well before we skip over January I just want to mention Life is Strange uh, yeah there was also um, Dying Light bit of a disappointment apparently and uh, what was the other big inevitable release oh saints row gat out of hell which is apparently fun i uh, haven't tried i've, I've got that i've got that i haven't played it yet but i just want to bring up life is strange because it's by the developers who did remember me um, now remember remember me, me. i really like the concept but the execution was a little bit flawed hmm. uh, so it was an, an imperfect game it, it felt like a an a game rather than a triple a game uh, maybe a B plus, uh, but it had some really nice concepts. Life is Strange, very similar. Yeah, it's episodic. Uh, the concept is it's the story of the friendship between two girls, and in the first episode, the protagonist discovers uh, at a point of crisis that she can rewind time briefly, yeah. uh, which is sort of the central mechanic of the game is you can rewind time to find optimal solutions to things. Is this Squeenix? No. They published it. They uh, are the publishers, but it is... Um, uh, don't Nod. Um, who are... It, very French. Like, the guys who did Remember Me. Very French. Oh, okay. Uh, and what's interesting in this is it allows you to play with decision-making all you want in the short term, but the long-term consequences of your decisions are unknowns. Which is perfect for episodic gaming. Exactly. So it's it's a really good because um, for reasons that are mechanical, you can't rewind time too far. The further back you go, it starts to hurt. So you can very easily correct short-term decisions. Long-term decisions become a real problem. Uh, it's it's a fascinating concept. Again, the execution is flawed, but in forgivable ways. Hmm. So well worth looking into, but it is already out. So as a look ahead... Not something we should spend much longer on. That but sounds really interesting. Yeah, but it's episodic, so there's more coming. Yes, that's episode one. There will be more. 
So, February. Speaking of episodes, you got the episode two of the Telltale Games Game of Thrones. That's true. Yeah, which I mean, was, I, which is out in three days. Mm, wow. Tomorrow. And speaking oh, no, of HD remakes, you've got Majora's Mask coming out on the three days. Yes. Oh, <laughs> boners. With yes. some slight changes, apparently. Well, there's good quite changes, changes though. Ocarina of Time 3D. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. But have you seen what the good changes are for this? No, I don't know what they are. Uh, one is the simple thing of adding in fishing holes. <laughs> right. Fishing. fishing um, <laughs> which is, yeah, little fun minigame. Um, they've upgraded the Bombers book, so it's actually, you can Usable. keep track of stuff much simpler. Thanks for that. And the, um, when you play the Song of Time to reset the clock, you yeah. can actually... Yeah. It's actually done as a slider bar, so you can actually pick the specific hour you want to go back to, oh. or fast forward it to. You can actually pick the right... Rather like, than just sit there like a fucking idiot in the middle of the town square going... But that was part of the charm in my mind. No, no, absolutely. Because like, yeah, you were like, what the fuck am I going to do now for yeah. like a day? It was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, they've put a lot more save points in it. Well, what's going to be interesting is uh, this is going to be my first Zelda game uh, since the original Game Boy. Um, Because it's not a franchise I ever followed. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. So I've never played anything since the original Game Boy, but it was at a Video Brains talk. Someone uh, went into their deep abiding love for this game and how it deals with consequence. Oh, Um, man. And... Uh, he absolutely convinced me. Uh, I'm going to have to play this game. Majora's Mask was always my favourite one well, growing up. This is the, my favourite one, yeah. It's the many, it's the however many, it's the seven or the six stages of grief, isn't it? Mm. There's, there's lots um, of different ways of reading into it. It's also quite interesting because yeah. it's got all the same, I mean, from a, from a, from a really, really lazy, well, not lazy, but really pressed for time game developer perspective they reuse all the old character models from Ocarina yeah, of Time well, yeah they had all the art but assets, they do something they? really fucking clever with it which yeah. is literally they are the same people mm. they've got different names but they're the same people no not even that some of the names are the same yeah and it's like but none of them know who you are yeah and it's all just this sort of Oh, it's very otherworldly. It's so fucking it's creepy disjointed and creepy well, like, what, it is what creepy what he said that really sold me as you said, I'm, I'm going to spoil one tiny part of the game. Yeah. Which is, it's, because the, the game is about three days. Yeah. Uh, and everyone has their problems that they need resolved in these three days. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about two people's problems. And, and it's, Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's about getting them to uh, get together and marry. Yeah. And he goes through the whole story of how you do that. And he said, and then at the end... Three days are up, the moon is about to crash into you and kill everyone, but you have the Ocarina of Time, you can play the Song of Time, go back, and go back to your three days, and you've got all the time in the world, and you have all your all your heart containers and everything you picked up during that story. The trouble is, because you've gone back, what you did is undone. undone. So you literally can't save everyone. Yep. And it was the first game that taught me I wasn't special and I couldn't save everyone. And it came at a time in my life I really needed to learn that lesson. That is, and yeah. his story was just like, wow, okay, I need to play this game. This is actually incredibly deep. 
I'm oh, looking forward is. to this in a big way. And it's, and it's presented in and a lot of the time. It's presented in such a very colourful Nintendo kind of way that it really disarms you when they when they leave. This game is oh, yeah. so dark. Yeah, so dark. Oh yeah, I got that. <laughs> and Skull um, is such a, a sad villain as well. Mm. I mean, it, but it's got some of the the happiest moments in it, like the Goron races. I know you like the Gorons, but the Goron races were fucking fun. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't. I don't actually hate the Gorons in Majora's Mask as much as I hate the Gorons in. Uh, Ocarina of Time, mm. because the Gorons in Ocarina of Time were we're starving to death because we can only eat the rocks in this mountain. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. And and <laughs> now it's now the now the way is blocked by a rock. By a rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, Gorons, the Gorons in Majora's Mask are we are a race of people that live inside a volcano, and the volcano like it's it's cooled down, and now it's eternal winter. Uh, shit, we're freezing to death. Mm. So it's, it's that, really, you do have, a legitimate problem. You do not have that one thing of the, the old one who is so old that he's frozen. It's frozen in place because he's too slow. Yeah. Too his son is crying instantly. Yeah. <laughs> but and yeah. also the, the ghost gore on that causes the blizzard and shit. Oh, God, because, yeah. Also the fact that you don't... It's also the fact that you... you the, the mechanic for Majora's Mask is that you take on the uh, different races of Hyrule, or Tamina in this case, that you become a Deku Scrub, you become a Goron, and you become a Zora. But you don't just become Link as a Zora or Link as a Goron. You take on the... Attributes. The, the attributes. Physiological you attributes. In fact, you just take on the body of um, three people who have died. So you become Darunia, who is a great Goron hero who yeah. died. You literally yeah. just turn into him. You take his body and become him. You become a Zora who uh, was attacked by pirates and washed up on shore and drowned. Mm. Um, and you become... I think that the, the Deku Scrub, it's not... You have to like read the right things because it's never properly said. But you basically become... Well, no, he, you are the son of the butler. Yeah, you're the butler's son who like wandered off into a cave and I think starved to death because he just couldn't find his way back home. Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus Christ! It is like I can't remember exactly the the ins and outs of it, but that if you if you type into YouTube Majora's Mask stages of grief, yeah, it fully explains how every section of that game is actually a way is actually symbolic of a way of getting over a loss of a loved one. Yeah, and it is and all it, about oh. a lot of it is about death and and loss and coping with grief and and coping with inevitability and shit like that, but. I mean, yeah, inevitability is the main factor, isn't but, it? But <laughs> I mean, there's also lots of reading into it that Link is, that it's a, a sensation that Link is dead, um, which I don't I don't go for myself, but I can understand why certain people would read that into that. Um, but yeah, if you're going to look into getting a Zelda, a Legend of Zelda game, um, I would suggest playing Ocarina of Time 3D first because a lot of the references in Majora's Mask reference a lot of stuff in the Ocarina of Time. Also, it's Ocarina of Time. It's it's a it's a good game, but Majora's Mask is, I think, a much much I more hope complex. A much more mature story. It's I think story-wise, yeah. I'd say... I Majora's Mask above Ocarina. Yeah, I love Majora's Mask. Ah, uh, okay. Then in that case, I stand alone in my love. No, no, no. I love... love. No, I know you love Ocarina, but... We love Ocarina. I still love yeah. Ocarina. Yeah. <laughs> different. Very different. I think that's the, yeah. the bonus for both of them, is that they are so different. And this is a game that, like you said, has basically the same art assets. Um... You know, it's and yet still came fucking ages to so make. different. Although, Jack, have you seen the uh, the HD the, the redo of the moon? The what? 
the redo of the moon that they've done for this. No. Obviously, it's the heat. They've updated all the uh, oh, characters. They've never ruined him, have they? Because he's terrible. No. They've made him even more terrifying. <laughs> Wait, 3D yeah, Jorah's moon. <gasps> oh, he's got a nose. So yeah, so he's... he's well, you know, the original was kind of... Uh, I'm a little bit constipated in looking. The new one is... I'm going to I'm going to crush you with my face. Yeah, I am literally going to fuck you up. Look at his eyes. <laughs> Sorry, bad radio. Oh. oh god, yeah, go to Google, type in 3D Majora's Moon. Uh, uh, um, Simon. Yes. Generous asks, uh, could you explain video brains? Cuz just know what that is. Sure. Um, I mentioned it briefly last episode, but I'll go into it in a bit more depth. Video Brains is a monthly event held down here in London, currently at the Meltdown Bar on Caledonian Road, which is a uh, competitive gaming pub. So it's got a, a fully licensed bar, it's got pub tables and everything that you would expect, but up on the stage sure. there's a couple of gaming rig PCs with a mirrored monitor facing outwards. So it's a lot of League of Legends and stuff gets played there, and you can you know spectate as well as compete. Um, it's organized, as I said, by my friend Jake, who, uh, invites, uh, devs, academics, journalists, whoever wants to speak and has a good pitch, uh, to come and do a series of presentations. And uh, sometimes they're themed, sometimes they're potluck. And, uh, I mean, the Majora's Mask one, for example, was someone talking about their love for Majora's Mask as a game that had such an interesting view on, uh, as we say, inevitability, fatalism, and uh, grief as topics of a video game. But on the same night, there was also a talk about uh, glitches and how they're an inextricable part of video games and that makes them a unique art form. Um, Although, is it that unique? He compared glitches in gameplay and the unpredictability of players to uh, accidents and audience reaction in live theatre. Huh. Uh, which was a really interesting parallel. So it's it's um, it's a lecture series about gaming, uh, and there's an upcoming event. I think I can't remember if it's June or July, uh, but Video Brains is the website. Just search Video Brains. It's going to be an all day event on a weekend day, Saturday. Uh, so it's a good one to travel down for, because there will be the talks in the afternoon, and then the evening will be drinking, socialising, and playing games. Cool. <gasps> that sounds awesome. It's a really cool event. It was, uh, it, think of it as a sort of monthly extension of the video games track at Nine Worlds. Cool. Uh, indeed, some of the organizers of Nine Worlds are regular speakers. That does not surprise me. Or me. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're really, in fact, um, Tim, the guy who was uh, doing the talk on glitches, is the organizer of the video games track at Nine Worlds. There you go. I'm oh, hoping to get some of the speakers on as guests on this show. I would be well up for that. Uh, her response was is basically, oh, oh my god, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, and you are right to go, oh my god, because it's awesome. Oh my god. February is uh, the time for a few games that I'm surprised I no longer care about now it's here. Oh, really? please don't tell us one of those is Dead or Alive 5, last round. It kind of is. I've heard some rumours about um, too many microtransactions, too many unlocks, too much... Bo- I, it's dead or alive. I'm going to buy it. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy it. I'm not as excited as I was. Fair enough. It's the same day as well, Total War Attila. Is another one of the games I'm no longer that excited for. Oh, no. Uh, Evolve, as well, is one that has completely waned for me. Yeah. Uh, by the time it's arrived. The Order 1886 has literally just been being advertised for the last 38,000 yeah. years. Yeah, and I've never once cared. Yeah, so it's like I guarantee that's going to be Duke Nukem Forever bad. Yep. However, War for the Overworld is supposed to actually get a release rather than a beta. That's the spiritual successor to Dungeon Keeper. Yep, awesome. And Homeworld has its HD remake. The remastered collection. Yeah. Yep. On the same day as Oddworld New and Tasty, which yeah. is an HD remastered, like, not even just an HD oh, remake. wow. But a proper from-the-ground-up rebuilding of Abe's Odyssey. You see, that's yeah. what I think they should do with a lot more of them. Rather than just a HD re-release, you know, like... It's the same game, but HD. But Oddworld New and Tasty is, it's, it's, it's Abe's Odyssey, but it's yeah. just rebuilt from the ground up, so it's... It looks, it's like, um, it's much more three-dimensional. It's much where you can see more details and stuff like that. And it just looks fucking gorgeous. If you ever get a chance to have them, check it out. And if you are in any way a fan of the Oddworld games, pick it up. Is it? Because I heard this described... phone thing. Was that? Someone's phone is doing the interference thing. My phone's off. My phone has run out of battery, run out of battery on Saturday night. Yeah, mine's off. Mine's not near my computer, so... Isn't that strange? That is. Anyway, on with what you were saying. Oh, well, uh, just that um, there's a certain... Uh, someone explained to me there's a certain point in video games um, with the HD releasing where it becomes much more difficult the further you go back. So obviously with Oddworld, um, the example that this person used to describe to me was where we were talking about the Final Fantasy games in that Final Fantasy X was a lot easier to do than, say, if you, which they have now done, if you were to go back and do, for example, seven, because of the way video games were made between those periods of time. Mm. Although, so wouldn't you need a rebuilding of a, a game that's as old as, you know, um, Oddworld? That's well, the way you could do it. As much work to do a rebuild. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's the better way to go. I've also seen... Have hey? you seen the? Uh, have you noticed this? We heard about the uh, Project Z. That's Project Z. Have you heard about this? No. Um, basically, it looks like they potentially could be doing a HD remake of Nine. Of what? Far Fancy Nine. Um. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just momentarily overcome with joy. <laughs> That's um, your joy? You just look no, dead-eyed. No, <laughs> I'm a very no, complex man. I, complex yeah, I suppose tastes. you are. It's um, not confirmed or anything yet, but from the, the little teaser thing that came out, uh, what was the gaming thing that happened recently? Uh, PAX? Some event. Uh, might have been PAX. Or DDC? Um, might have been that either. But uh, basically, all it is is uh, you know, a little teaser thing came out, and it was just a... Just a Black picture with the letter Z on it, but inside the the, the font used for the Z and the the little bit of imagery inside it is very much the same as Fantasy Nine. Oh, so wow. obviously, obviously speculation. Oh yeah, take it with a pinch of salt and whatnot. And but it's and it's um, you know, it's uh, it's Square Enix. So yeah, I I I need it. I need it to be true. It probably won't be. It'll probably be something else. But because there is a, there is actually a 
game coming out. There's a um, there's Final Fantasy Type Zero HD, but I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize there was a Type Zero not HD, so really it can go fuck itself. Yeah, it only came out in Japan. <laughs> yeah. on the PSP. Mario Party 10 is oh, out in March. God. Yeah. Hey, for you to be that guy again. Oh, no. Mario Party. Uh, before we before we go before we move off February. Yeah. I saw this uh, in a magazine the other day. Iron Fall Invasion. Iron Fall Invasion. The the. Uh, sorry, Iron Sky. Oh, um, no. there's Iron Fall Invasion. I don't see yeah. Iron Sky. No, um, wrong game. I yep. saw, yeah, I saw something for Iron Sky. See, the only other thing I saw in, in February that maybe just stopped was a game called, at least on Valentine's Day, um, called Seduce Me. And I couldn't help but look at that and read it in the voice of the spy. <laughs> seduce me. Seduce me. Seduce me. Um, and Homeworld. Homeworld, yeah. Yes, we've been over that. that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then it gets a bit more sporadic as time goes on. You get into April, you get Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we're skipping over March. Cool, let's do this. Uh, Mortal Kombat... Wait, hang on. Wait, Why? No. What's in March? Uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. no Battlefield Hardline is the game I specifically don't want to talk about. What's up with Battlefield Hardline? <laughs> no, wait, hang on. Should we not talk about it? Yeah, let's not. Basically, let's just say that... It's had a fairly miscalculated ad campaign the whole time, as it is about... I. It's ridiculous for me to say this, given how much I loved APB, but it's the fact that it's Battlefield, so it takes itself so seriously, in that it is cops versus... Drug cartels. Yeah, in, in all-out warfare. Uh, right. There has been a certain That's amount cool. of uh, controversy about police deadly force use in America recently. Oh shit, this is not the time to do this. Yeah, yeah. and there's been a real tone-deaf ad campaign for the, you know, join the cops, be cool, kill people uh, kind of a feel <laughs> of hardline. Oh, okay, fuck that noise. Yeah. So, much more fun to talk about... Anything, please. Mortal Kombat X. Mortal Kombat X. Mortal Kombat X. Yeah. Mortal Kombat. We've got a new Mortal Kombat game, which isn't Mortal Kombat, and that's what it's called. Like, we should really confuse the fuck out of us because it's not. It's like Mortal Kombat Seven or Eight. What can we tell you about Mortal Kombat Ten based entirely on the Wikipedia? Well, I can tell you. Sort out the the fight engine because recent games coming out of NetherRealm have been sort of clunky punches I've not enjoyed that's, them they've not been very free flowing that's Mortal Kombat in a nutshell though yeah and I've so always I'm hoping they sort it out it, but they uh, won't because it won't be Mortal Kombat anymore yeah um, so <laughs> April to June you've got that you've got uh, 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 you got an uh, April Mighty Number no. 9 hopefully yep Mighty Number no. 9 the uh, the Mega Man uh, oh shit! The one made by the guy who made Mega Man. Yeah, yeah the yes. uh, the honorary. I oh, was that the Kickstarter. In yeah, the yeah. same way as War for the Overworld is Dungeon Keeper. Mighty Number no. Nine is Mega Man. Yeah. Oh, that's so Mac, cool. Linux, PS3, PS4, Vita, Wii U, 3DS, 360, Xbox One. They got you on everything. You get on into into May. You get The Witcher Three. Yeah. Can we talk about this? Like, have any of you guys actually played the other Witcher games? I think the first. Uh, I've not played the first one. I've played the second one and got rid of it. Mm. And I uh, just got just got it back from Games for Gold. So I I'm going to give, it, gonna give it another go. Of them. Uh, I've heard great things about them, um, which is why I have them. 
because yeah. I said to one person, put your money where your mouth is, and he did. Oh, he bought yeah, it for this, me. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about this, actually, actually yeah. yeah. But I've never gotten around to playing it. Uh, yeah. And mostly I just want CD Projekt Red to make Cyberpunk already. Yeah. Um, which no, which one is all right? That was that was it because I think this is again was a conversation we had when you were up for Christmas, Simon. I think I think it was yeah 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 yeah. Um, and again, like I think because I think which one suffered a lot of a lot of different problems. I don't think it was executed in the right way. I think Witcher Two made a decent job of sort of rectifying that, but then suffered a little bit from. Um, sort of maybe a bit too linear storyline. It kind of gave you the illusion of choice through marketing as often that happens with a lot of games. Um, but then Witcher 3 is coming out and it's now open world and it looks wonderful. Like, I, I think this is what the first one wanted to be. And finally, two games later they've got it right perhaps but obviously they've not played it but it, I'm looking forward to Witcher 3 um, what else comes out around about the same time you then move on into Splatoon well, I was going to say you then move on into June and you get Batman Arkham Knight well, Splatoon oh. does actually look really good uh, before yes, we move on I just, if you've got a Wii U that's yeah. going to be a great month and yes. if you don't have a Wii U that might be around about the time it starts becoming really, really worth it, because Mario Party will be out as well as Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, yeah. and Splatoon looks really fun. It does. starting to be a viable platform. I'm thinking this might be the year I get a Wii U. Ooh, we'll see. They might turn it around. They've got time. Uh, also, in June, you get Superhot being finally released. Hang on, we can't gloss over Batman. Can we not? We, we did talk a lot about Batman in the last episode. Did we? Not last episode, but the episode before. What, in the Doctor Who episode? No. I'm sure we've talked about Batman on here. We have talked about it, because I, I know I've ranted about how putting the guns on the Batmobile makes me think not very Batman-y. Yeah. I'm a little um, bit worried about how it's going to feel. Rubber bullets. <laughs> Still guns. Uh, is Batmobile, the Batmobile has had rubber bullets in quite a lot of iterations. Yeah, right? but the things he was shooting was exploding in the trailers I've seen, so that's not MP. rubber bullets. <laughs> I mean, if if it is, those are really effective rubber bullets. Uh, <laughs> I think Batman's getting away with his whole non-lethal paradigm if that's what he's doing with them. Yeah. Uh, if they're plastic bullets because they're plastic explosives, that I doesn't think, count, Bats. I, I think the things that are exploding are unmanned, I think. Again, the, it's this it's mental gymnastics to excuse the fact that Batman has Gatling guns yeah. is kind of bullshit. Uh, just don't give him Gatling guns that save yourself the effort. Yeah. Although speaking of guns again, moving on to uh, was it super hot? Has anyone seen that coming around the the the, the betas and whatnot? I have no idea what this is about. I know, it's a really no cool, it really cool little fun indie game where basically it's a first person shooter. Sort but, of. Source, yeah, source of. Come, basically, come puzzle game. Yeah. Basically, time only runs when you are moving. Yeah, time runs when you do. So if you stop, if you just let go and you don't press anything, time stops. Okay. And people are shooting at you. What, sorry, uh, can you explain what kind of, um, what, uh, what, what, what kind of, is it first person, third person? It is first person. person. So right. it's like, imagine you're on one side of a room and on the other side are a bunch of badasses shooting at you. Think of the Matrix oh. lobby sequence. Yeah. But like, Literally, the bullets will only move as quickly as you let them because 
you can move inch by inch and and sort of constantly readjust and think about where you're going to go. So you can literally weave in and out of bullets as they are firing. That is so cool. Uh, so you get to be a badass. What I'm, what I'm not sure of, and I want there to be a sort of replay mode at the end where you get to watch yourself. Yeah, watch yourself time. do it. Duck and weave, and yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. You have to have that in that game. What do you mean? The, the, the like Simon just said, the, the watching yourself back. No, because, there is, there isn't that in the moment. Oh, but it's, do, it's in, they it's have in to very, do that. It's in very, <laughs> it's been in very early alpha for ages. Yeah, and then, it is a full on yeah. indie project. So it's the yeah. kind of thing they, you know, they will add things as they go. Like there's talk of Oculus Rift support and all sorts of things. Oh, man. Whoa. Oh man. A couple of months after that, Shadowrun Hong Kong. Which oh, I've already backed. Shadowrun. Have you, have you already pre, pre-bought that? I've already bought that one by backing it on Kickstarter because oh, I love Shadowrun Returns. I love, I haven't finished, but I love Dragonfall. Oh, is uh, it, is it, it's a standalone game, is it? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. Uh, yes. They all are. Dragonfall is, it was a DLC for Shadowrun Returns, but it's now, as a director's cut, a standalone game, uh, which is bigger than the DLC and has, like, companion storylines that aren't in the DLC. Um, it, so if you're going to get it, get it as the director's cut. Uh, and Hong Kong is going to be bigger. It's going to take it to Hong Kong, which in the Shadowrun universe is a really interesting setting because yeah. it'll introduce a whole new mechanic. Because Shadowrun is a sort of isometric uh, RPG with XCOM-like cover systems for the combat. Um, and you upgrade yourself with technology, which reduces your... Uh, sort of your organic connection to magic. So you have to trade off whether you want to go with magical tech or whatever. In Hong Kong, there's a whole nother element and that is face. Reputation really matters. Yeah. You need to be able to work your way through the mega cores and through the gangs and through anyone. You can't really help one group out without alienating another. So politics becomes a big part of it. And I'm really looking forward to that. There's a, there's a mild form of that in uh, Sleeping Dogs. Mm. As you can build up your face, which in turn is basically a, a system to unlock certain bonuses for your character. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a really interesting next step for the, the Shadowrun guys. Yeah. Um, as the... Child, as a child owner in the room, uh, I have child been, owner. <laughs> yes, I have been. Uh, I have had the thumb placed upon me by the powers that be, so I can. Uh, so I'm no long, no longer to play a certain level of video game around my child. Ah. So we've. So uh, we have gone out and purchased a whole bunch of Lego games. And uh, Lego last week announced a further two new games, one which is on this list so far, oh, yeah. which is uh, Lego Jurassic World. <laughs> oh, God. Which will be based all four movies. Oh, God. In Lego form. I will point out as well, Irish, you're not the only child owner in World 1 Stage 1. I have owned kids at Mario Party. I have owned... <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other one was Lego Avengers. Ah, I'm so sorry. Just to rewind, there's going to be Jurassic Park three, yeah, in Lego form. Yeah. Well, there's going to be there's going to be Jurassic World Lego. They're just gonna... Lego sets. Oh, God, it's going to be stupid. Pra- it's like Jurassic Park. Yes, to be fair, we, 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 fa- the- we found out um, 
well, I think we people found out that it, uh, they were going to do Jurassic World Lego sets from actually from Chris Pratt leaking onto his Twitter, basically going, "I've seen my le- my uh, minifigure and not," and he wasn't talking about um, Star Lord. Star Lord was already a minifig. Yes, so he was like, "I've seen my minifigure for my other film." He was like, "Aha!" Oh. Oh, hee hee, huh? But can the mini Lego figure talk to mini Lego dinosaurs? He's gonna have a third soon. No. Yeah, I think it like the two other the two other games I'm looking forward to are both released in the in the uh, third or fourth quarter of um, of 2015. Okay. One is uh, King's Quest is coming to to um, it's getting a re-release. Oh yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, and I, I fucking love. I just love all the old um, the King's Quest and the, the Space Quest games. Is the other one going to be a Persona game? Uh, oh shit! I hadn't even counted on Persona <gasps> Five, but I don't know when Persona wow. Five is being released. It's, I don't think it's got a release date yet. Cool. Uh, Persona Five was what I was thinking of. Yeah, and Persona Dancing All Night. There's a lot of Persona coming out, and it's also it's awesome. No, what I'm looking forward to is make, sorry, sorry, a Persona Four Rhythm game. That's friggin' amazing. Didn't know about that. <laughs> so what was the other one uh, the other one is Friday the 13th okay because Friday the 13th uh, later on this autumn towards Halloween time is getting a new movie but, but you know what there's thousands of those Yeah. Um, but also a TV series which what? could be interesting I've been very very impressed with sort of dark TV at the moment with Hannibal and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's also getting a video game. And I was like, okay, I think I'm sure, fairly certain Friday the 13th had a point-and-click adventure uh, video game tie-in in the 80s. Yes, it did. And it probably sucked. <laughs> However, there are, there's there's a couple of things I really like about the... Um, there's a couple of words used about the new Friday the 13th game that make me, A, love it, and B, say we have to do Let's Plays of it when it gets released as World 1 Stage 1. <laughs> it is... Competitive slash cooperative asymmetric gameplay. Okay. It is predator prey gameplay. It is Left for Dead, but one team is one team is the survivors and one team is Jason. That's really that's, cool. That's, that's really awesome. And I love asymmetric competitive cooperative gameplay. I love okay. my Left for Dead's. I love my uh, depths. That sort of stuff. Um, so, oh god, that! But getting to play, you know, a giant hockey mask, machete wielding psychopath in the woods <laughs> is going to be a bit. Because I will, it, it's again, it's licensed griefing. <laughs> yes, it is. It certainly I is. will not even yeah. kill people for half the game. I will just follow them. Yeah, and well, it, you've it, got to build it up to that point. It, don't also, you? it also takes into account you can do that thing like they do in Slender, which is in the yeah. multiplayer Slender game, which where you can play as Slenderman. Which is <laughs> if you're if an area is being observed, you can't spawn in it. Yeah, much like in Left 4 Dead as well. But that perfectly works for Jason because he can do it's that clever. thing where he's walking slowly behind you, mm. but then he's just fucking around the next corner. Yeah, <laughs> that way that slasher killers always do. And now there's a fucking mechanic for it. Creepy fucking Watson. Yeah. There's a few games that sort of don't have release dates, but I'm hopeful to get this year. Me too, as well. Uh, I suppose... Me, you, you go ahead first. <laughs> yeah, I, I want Broken Age Part 2. Ooh, okay, yeah. It's something I've already paid for. Um, <laughs> I want Satellite Rain, which, again, is something I've already paid for. Um, There's like a theme here. Yep, that, don't worry, that's the end of which I've already paid for. Okay. Uh, Mad Max has a game coming out, uh, which oh, yeah. could be really interesting. But might be shit. Types. I want to know more. Yeah. Um, 
There's No Man's Sky, of course, is sometime this year. If it doesn't flood again. If it doesn't flood again. (laughs) For fuck's sake. (laughs) I'm surprised that uh, um, Jack didn't say Blood Bowl 2. Blood Bowl 2 is this year, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. First. Um, And Mordheim, in fact. Oh, see, Mordheim I've been tracking on Steam with the... Oh, uh, my God. Mordheim game. With the green light. Yeah. Oh, God. It looks perfect. I mean, there's not enough content to justify me getting it right now. It was out. It, well, more time. Yeah. It's, it's on um, Greenlight on Steam. Yeah, it's on early access. But it's like, oh, it's right, like okay, it's, I think yeah. it's about like 50 quid and there's only like two Jesus. warbands in it. Okay. So it's it's not, I can't just play it yet. I'm mostly wanting to play uh, Warhammer Quest. Oh, which is way back. Oh, um, which actually when? came out in, in January. Oh, it's out? And I never fucking realised it. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider is very much on oh, the radar wow. for this year. Yeah. That's a really good setup as well because it's about her um, almost trying to get over the trauma of the last game, yes. which I really like the idea of. Not they're, that I did first game development for Lara, so I'm really, I really enjoyed the first one. I I think I'm going to really enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid Meier's Starships, which is yeah, I saw that today. Where Beyond the is still going? Off. Yeah, I still alive. Of course, and. Uh, lastly, and this is one again I want to let's play with us lot because it's four player cooperative gameplay. Uh, Shadow Realms, Bioware's new insane contemporary magic game. Oh, magic of superpowers. Yes. And it's four player? The idea is it's actually four versus one. Um, the missions, it's a multiplayer game. It's not a role playing game. Uh, you play either like the the boss dude who is the 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 boss character in this particular fight but you also get to play as the director in left for dead terms uh fucking with the players as they try and get to you oh that's really cool and the other four players are a team of contemporary magic characters it's like your powers have awakened and you totally customize how your character looks and fights so build up these sort of sympathetic abilities and stuff it looks really interesting and really fun so it's an interesting one it's it's not their kind of thing no so i can see it going wrong but if they get it right it's such a good concept Mm. Mm. Uh, i could i will either love this game or or weep for the wasted potential Mm. but hopefully the former oh hopefully the former um i didn't Realised they're going to re-release Final Fantasy VII on the PS4. Oh, it made so many people angry. It was fucking <laughs> delicious. It was so good. It was so oh, what? delicious. Actually... Like, they basically announced, they put all these teasers out they didn't. saying, they didn't. Oh, oh, no, oh they did. Final I saw all of this. Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> it's coming to PlayStation 4. And well, they actually went. said, I thought you... they went, Final Fantasy VII is coming to PlayStation 4. And everyone lost their fucking minds. They're like, oh my god, can you imagine? Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. And then they, no. and then they announced they went, it's the Steam version. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone went, bastards, <laughs> murder them! <laughs> Flaming torches and pitchforks, I'm um, seeing it now. Also, also, Meanwhile, stop. X and X2 are getting an HD remake. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that, oh no, ten, well, ten, ten and ten two got a HD remastered. Yeah, that's on, already um, done. That's done. Space, Space, Space yeah, Orange, yeah. Vita. Mm. Um, I'm also noticing going through this list. I realised I didn't. I did I thought it would be out this year, but Silent Hills mm. doesn't appear to be out this year. Oh. Thought it would have been. Still gearing myself up to be worried about that. 
I'm gonna uh, just gonna. Oh, sorry. No, go, 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 on. go on. After you. No, I was just gonna move on to a different game, so it's fine. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, in that case, then I just mention this quickly because, like, I only know a bit about it, and to be fair, I have bleated on about it to Jack for quite some time, so I'll keep this short. But have any of you guys seen anything to do with Kingdom Come Deliverance? Uh, nothing no. at all. It's um, it's a Kickstarter back game, uh, and this is looking really promising. Essentially. A lot of the things I look for in a video game, I am a little bitch when it comes to sword <laughs> fighting games, okay? I love a good sword fighting game, but they're really actually quite rare. Mm. To have something where you have real control over your, you know, the way that you fight with a sword or whatever. I think the last really good occasion that's come along was way back when I was playing Jedi Knight 2. I was going to say, Outcast. Uh, yeah, Outcast had amazing lightsaber combat. Outcast, I was actually playing it the other day. Jedi Academy as well. Uh, Jedi Academy, not quite so good, because it relied some of the time on auto moves and things like mm. that that just happened automatically. Whereas Outcast was much more you using, you know, WASD and just the, the mouse to control where your lightsaber went and, you know, rolling about and flipping and stuff. It was awesome. But anyway... Um, Kingdom Come is essentially an RPG. It's set in 15th century medieval um, era in Germany, I think. Um, and the way it was plugged, the way it was tagged in sort of all of its marketing was um, Dungeons No Dragons. This is basically straight historical RPG. You just pulled straight out of history and you're one person trying to make a difference in this massive war um, between, I, I, I think it might be a civil war, actually. I could be wrong. But this looks amazing. You can just be a bard. You can be um, a guy, a squire trying to become a knight. You can be an archer. And you are just one person in this massive war. And it's finally... Really, really, really good attention to detail with sword fights and mounted combat where you can just be one man in a massive battle. Kind of imagine Dynasty Warriors, but first person Skyrim combat where really, if you're coming up against like three or four people, they can kill you quite easily because, you know... That's three against one. Yeah. It's very, very realistic. I'm thinking like And I love the look of it. When you say Dungeons No Dragons and based on the setting and all this stuff, it reminds you of how uh Game of Thrones, and I mean the book Game of Thrones is in the, the first novel in the Song of Ice yes. and Fire series. Yeah. yeah. How it was sold to me in the whole sense of like it's a fantasy series, but there's no I mean you look at the first game, it's a fantasy series, but there's no magic. For the most part, there's no dragons. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a dwarf. But, you know, it's a little person. Yeah. It's not like an actual fantasy dwarf. Yeah. Um, and all this sort of stuff. So it, it's it's fantasy, but without all those sort of over-the-top tropes. It's it's more historically... Mm. It's historical fantasy. And that sounds like kind of what this is. It's kind of, in a way. I, I mean, it just... There, there's this really cool... Because obviously it's Kickstarter. They obviously had to release quite a lot of um, uh, incentive content to try and... Or, or, or marketing, at least, to, to get people on board. Yeah. So they have all these really in-depth um, videos uh, on YouTube. And I urge you all to check them out. Um, 
about the combat and about uh, actually how the role playing aspects come into it and things like that and how you can choose um, to ch- uh, be on a particular side in this war or you know uh, or, or, or focus on being a ranged person or being a melee combat person and everything all the different choices look quite complex and this is um, a studio that I don't think has actually done an awful lot but it looks mind blowing it really does. Um, so if anyone's got like a couple of bucks, they don't mind chucking that way. They then. don't appear to have done anything as a studio. This is their first title. Oh, really? Um, the uh, individuals involved come from various different backgrounds. Mm. Um, you know, a couple of guys from Operation Flashpoint, uh, oh. one guy who worked on the Mafia games, a <laughs> cool. uh, guy who worked on Armour. Because uh, I'm just reading up on it now. And there's two things that really fascinate me about their approach. Yeah. One is that uh, mounted combat is a big deal, but the yeah. horse is an AI NPC. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It has its own opinions on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so whilst they will automatically help you avoid obstacles and danger, they will also not necessarily do what you want. Yeah. Uh, and the other is that the combat is completely physics-based. So if your sword is too light to get through heavy armor, it's yeah. too light to get through heavy armor, mate. You're yeah. just fucked. Uh, so heavy armor and shield bashing are going to be a real thing in this game. There's also a really excellent little bit in the demo they did for the combat where there's these two guys, right? And they're, you're obviously the main character in first person and he's up against this guy who's in quite heavy armor and you're kind of thinking, oh no, like this is going to look like it's going to be quite difficult. Um, so what you do it, what he's doing is he's using his mouse to sort of lift his sword, uh, slowly in a diagonal kind of lift over his right shoulder. And, um, the AI, the guy against him, sort of slowly starts moving his stance in that direction to prepare for a, a blow coming that way. And then all of a sudden, the guy tricks him by quickly spinning around and hitting him in the knee. Like, you can actually psych the people out by, you know, fainting and stuff like that. You know, old fencing and sword fighting tricks. Um, picking up things and throwing them at uh, people to sort of get them off balance before going for another strike. Um, yeah, I'm actually super excited about this game. It does look really interesting. It might pick up where Clang left off. Uh, what's that? Clang was a Kickstarter project by Neil Stephenson, the author of Snow Crash, who is, like you, obsessed with sword fighting and video games. <laughs> uh, and he was working on something that sounds... The combat sounds very similar. Mm. Uh, but it fell through. Uh, whereas Deliverance is funded. They're well overfunded, in fact. Yeah, yeah, they're on, they're on it. Wait, was this the one that had the, uh, the, the, the video which had game in it? Was uh, Clang was, yes. Yes, that was, yeah. Clang hmm. had Gabe Newell with his anvil, because oh, Gabe Newell okay. is an amateur blacksmith. Oh, well. He just makes crowbars, though, so it's, you know, <laughs> really... <laughs> just makes crowbars and steam valves. Hey, yeah. I couldn't make a crowbar. I someone said, make a crowbar, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. I probably just could But once you ones. have a crowbar and a place to stand. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So video oh. games, 2015, eh? What about the uh, Total Warhammer? Is that coming out? Uh, uh, no, not no. The Total Warhammer isn't, is it? But Gothica, Gothica. Oh, no, uh, one forty thousand online is out this year. Oh, is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, there's a lot of Warhammer games. I'm still confused out. as to how it's going to work. Is Which that one? the uh, Eternal Crusade? 
Yeah, probably the same as every other. Well, that's the thing. Is like, I mean, they've they've done some clever, they've done some clever things with it, which is that um, I don't know. Do you know much about this, Simon? I've heard bits and pieces. I've heard about the free to play version of it. No, they're basically oh, they're, releasing, they're releasing a um, subscription version mm. and a free to play version. Free to play version, obviously, more people are going to go for right. The free to play version, you can only play as the orcs. Okay, so there is a horde of orcs. There are going to be a horde of orcs. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the other ones, they're going to be slightly fewer in number in the Space Marines, and I think it's Space Marines and Eldar and Chaos. Right. I yeah. I'm not entirely certain. I have to look that up again. Okay. Um, uh, but I, I really orcs, kind of like that. Orcs, Space Marines, Chaos, Space Marines, the Eldar. Uh, and the Tyranids will be in it as NPCs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, if you're playing... Yeah, but and also if you're playing free-to-play, you can only play a bog-standard orc foot soldier. You can play a boy. So we kind of like that as an idea. It's a really interesting way of it's doing it. It's sort of like how I pitched how I would do the World of Darkness MMO. Yes, the free-to-play humans, and then you... Free-to-play was humans, yes, because and, and the thing is, the trade-off is you get interesting stories told about ghosts and supernatural beasties and things that go bump in the night. The trade-off for being free-to-play is you are the victim of all the other characters. <laughs> uh, the vampires and the werewolves. Go and make that! <laughs> Uh, there was an attempt to make a World of Darkness MMO. It failed spectacularly. Oh! So they spent all their monies on very alternative parties. No, actually, the, uh, they spent even money on the alternative parties. Oh. Uh, the World of Darkness MMO failed because they rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it, uh, wanting to do the perfect thing. And the trouble is, because they couldn't do the perfect thing, they ended up not doing anything. Oh. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent idea, though, for for a game. I reckon a lot of the free-to-play players would really hate it, um, but I would enjoy it because well, I, would be, be, the, I would be a vampire. So and, that's the benefit, yeah. I think, of the world. I, th- I like the idea of being hopelessly kind of, uh, you know, outgunned, out, outpowered. You know, these beings that are way beyond your capability, but you're trying anyway. I think that's really appealing. Yeah. I got a list of stuff I'm looking forward to. What are you looking forward to, Iris? Uh, I'm looking forward to Hotline Miami 2. Oh, yeah, that's out this year. Mm hmm. Because the first game was really good, so I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I quite enjoyed it. I was lukewarm on the first one, which is why I didn't mention the second. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I know I already own it on the PS3, but the PS4 edition of Journey. Oh, yeah, I'll be picking that up. <laughs> and then we can play yeah. we can play Journey, Simon. Potentially. We can try. Yeah. We'll try. <laughs> um Just Cause Free. Oh god. I'm looking forward to. Oh god. How much more insane oh, can you get? Really? That's awesome. <laughs> oh. Because they've got to now try and like outdo Saints Row 4. I like the idea of them just not trying and it just becomes this really, really toned down kind of a game and everyone's like what the hell did you do? Could be that could be kind of interesting. I mean, looking at the whole like revolutionary thing as yeah. as long as it's got that grappling thing. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. That well, was the, the best thing about it. To that plane, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, reading up on it, apparently the map size will be similar to that of Just Cause Two. Mm. However, the uh, volumetric terrain has been increased to allow more. Uh, 
vertical segments. So it's going to be a lot fucking taller, and it's going to have sub, uh, subterranean caverns and stuff in it. Oh, okay. Huh. To be fair, it is pretty massive. If more uh, Just Cause 2 is pretty massive, if you would just whack more detail onto that, then I suppose it still is a uh, big game, right? Yeah. Key features, the grappling hook and the parachute are coming back. Excellent. We've improved, yeah. Sold. Sold. Yeah. We've improved mechanics and focus on mayhem and crazy physics. Yes. Um, but there's also going to be a brand new wingsuit as well. <gasps> oh my god. Because wingsuits are currently all the rage. They are. are Since Far Cry 3, I'd say. Yeah. I, thought, I thought ukuleles were all the rage. Todd has a lot to I think that yes. tells us a lot about the different social stories <laughs> we move in. Yeah. No, I was, reading I was reading in the newspaper today. I say newspaper, I mean the Times. Um, <laughs> it's the only newspaper we get at work. Zing. Apparently, apparently, uh, ukulele sales have surged recently. Yeah, because they're like the new hipster instrument. Yeah. Well, they have been the hipster instrument for years. True. Huh. Fair enough, but apparently the sales have just started surging. I'm going to blame Todd. I blame Scrubs. Oh, yeah, we should do that too. Scrubs made the ukulele hipster. No, I think Scrubs reacted to the ukulele. Uh, I I think it Portland made the ukulele hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Portland. Let's go. Let's go there on a wagon. With what? Um, other than well, lots dysentery. of spare tongues, uh, lots of spare axles, dysentery, <laughs> uh, some food, and some changes of clothing. Dysentery in a bottle, or no, no, just suffering from it. Okay. And then one of us can die from dysentery on the Oregon uh, Trail. In a broken arm oh. and measles. Okay. Uh, we, should play, we should play Oregon Trail. I, okay, I'm going to play it. Oh. Play speedrunners. To play Oregon Trail. Nah. Not everything needs zombies. <laughs> but yeah, speedrunners, definitely, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm also looking forward, as, the telltale, as a Telltale Games player and a Minecraft player, I'm interested in the Minecraft story mode to see how that will do that as a man who is curious about batshit insane ideas i'm also curious about that game it is fucking why as a man who loves it when people follow through on drunken bets i also want to see this (laughs) does it not just sound like someone got in a drunken bet like do you reckon fucking what's his name uh not not who Notch. 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 That was it. I was like, Lodge, Modge, something like that. <laughs> something <laughs> Do you not reckon that Notch and who was someone at Telltale were drinking one night and that came up? Well, it isn't Notch anymore, is it? It's no, it's not. He sold it off. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, Notch lives in his giant money house now. Yeah, he does. And just yeah. invites random people to come visit his house. Hey, Notch, if you're listening to this, can we come visit your house? With a redstone mailbox. Thing. Yeah, Dodge, Spodge, whatever your name is, can we come visit Yeah, Dodge. <laughs> Let's come hey, over, Nodge. You, you leave Botch alone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll speak with Todge later on this matter. That just sounds like you're going to masturbate later. I will. Good, good. Um, I know this game's already out, but it's getting its uh, PlayStation release of Shovel Knight. Yay! Oh, excellent. This is the Vita release, so I've been waiting for that. Uh, and Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah! yeah I, I look, it looks pretty. That's all I can say about it, other than that. <laughs> it looks super pretty. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to shoot Ewoks again. I'll just be screaming, stop blinking, stop blinking. 
a blaster into their face. Stop plinking, Cabal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise that was actually a thing that uh, a rehashed yeah, version of the Star Wars they're blinking now. saga trilogy added was blinking Ewoks. And extra Vader saying no. No. <laughs> there are three no's required to, to throw an emperor over a gantry <laughs> now. Whereas before, you didn't really need to say no. You sort of make an internal sort of decision. Yeah. Which is happy. demonstrated by him looking at Luke, his son, being painfully electrocuted, and then looking at the Emperor and picking him up and throwing him over the fucking railing. He looks at him and goes, I'm not having this. But now no, he I looks and he goes, No. No. No! <laughs> and picks him up and throws him over the fucking railing. Because no is George Lucas's favourite Vader line. It is. <laughs> Just wait for the next push of Star Wars that gets released with episode 7. There won't but be all of Vader's dialogue is just no. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> no! Shall I order the pursuit, Lord Vader? No. And a but game I want to bring up before we, before we finish our lists. Yeah, sorry. Because uh, I just noticed it on the Wikipedia list and went, oh yeah, that. Uh, volume <laughs> by volume. Mike Bithell. Uh, yeah, it's an indie game. Today, sorry. Uh, Mike Bithell was the guy who did Thomas Was Alone. <gasps> Ooh. And uh, I think, yeah, given that gasp, I think you're going to like what I'm going to say, Jack. Um, volume is a game that Bithell has wanted to make since he was a teenager and experienced Metal Gear for the first time. Yeah, I just read Volume's approach is similar to the Metal Gear series. Yes, because um, he doesn't feel like there's ever been a stealth game quite like it. Yeah. Uh, and what's really interesting is it's a sci-fi futuristic take on Rob uh, Robin Hood. Huh. Uh, this guy called Robert Luxley huh. uh, <laughs> discovers a system called Volume, which is uh, basically a military training sim uh, simulator. Uh, with AI, and he uses it to simulate heists and then let's play out the videos of how to do this heist to the world so anyone who wanted to rob Place X could do so. That's his Robin Hooding. Yeah. Um, and uh, Volume was developed by, you know, this uh, evil CEO called Guy Gisborne. Played by Andy uh, who is played oh by God. Andy Serkis. Uh, right, this was when he announced that. There was a genuine thing. A lot of people were like, oh, that's a great joke. He's found an actor called Andy Serkis and hired him. To, no, it's the real Andy Serkis. It's, uh, no one quite knows how he managed it, but yes, he's got Andy Serkis doing the voice in the game. Uh, but it looks really interesting. And it's got this super stylized... Um, Tron-like kind of virtual world feel, which is great for a couple of reasons. One, it's just really fun to look at. It's a nice, stylistic approach. But because it's made of essentially building blocks, and this goes back to something he read about Hideo Kojima sketching out Metal Gear levels with Lego, Yeah, uh, it's going to have a level editor that will be really easy to use because it's just like, here are components that you use to build the level, drop them in where you want them. Have you seen what Bithel hopes will happen from that? You mean the uh, the the active Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines-like player community? That is a good fucking name drop. Yeah, oh, I saw it right there. I was you like, know what, holy hell. You know what was fucking brilliant about Bloodlines? Because the fan-made mods to it. Yeah. 
Joys and mods. The man. pen and paper mods. Uh, yeah. The end times mods. Uh, sorry, the final nights mods. The patches okay. that fixed bugs that the developers left in. Yeah. <laughs> like being stuck in a fucking hotel. Yeah, like that one, yeah. Yeah. Or stuck in the sewers, unable to even reach the hotel. That was the one that got me. <laughs> yeah. But like Final Nights mods are brilliant for the Vampire Lucky Bloodlines, like adding in way more content, like fully voice acted, fully animated content, fully new quests mm. and everything. Okay, the community went fucking mental on that. Yeah. Yeah, um, Mike Bithel, uh, Bithel's stuff is pretty good. Thomas Was Alone is a solid pedigree. Hell yeah. Uh, and volume is looking really, really fun. Uh, although I did really enjoy when he put out the trailer for Volume recently, uh, he then immediately followed it with a tweet that says, "What is it that gives me indie dev cred? Leaving in my mouse cursor in the Volume trailer with a time code." <laughs> and you go back and yeah, there's his cursor just sitting in the middle of the screen as he captures the recording. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Can I ask? Uh, simply uh, in my ignorance, I I don't know what uh, Thomas is alone is. Ah, it is um, an indie game. Right. Uh, Let's put it that way. It was, again, super stylized. It's made of sort of, um, well, squares, rectangles, blocks, colored blocks. Um, I'll show you after this. (laughs) Again, it's set in a computer, uh, and it's it seems to be his thing is like, I want to work with a simple stylized graphical look, so I'm going to set it in a computer. Uh, and it's it's basically uh, it's sort of a platformer with yeah. different rectangles as different characters who have different special abilities. Um, okay. And there's there's a story to it. There's a, a, a feel to it that uh, you get as you go on. What was the name of the big blue square, the girl? Oh, I can't remember any of the characters' names. All of them Thomas. Yeah. Is this Susan? Yeah. Because hmm. she was awesome. She was my favourite. Yes. Does that sound very cool. Was it Sarah? Was no. It just, mm. I'll, I'm going to show Rob. Yeah, I'll yeah, check it out. Sorry, sorry, I just thought I'd ask you. No, it's, it's, really it's a good question. There are probably listeners who don't know. Hmm. Um, definitely go check it out if you can, if you want to. You should do that. You should. It's probably not expensive. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I got it free on my Vita as like part of the bundle. Where? You get like 10 Vita games. Is that the uh, indie pack? Yeah. Because that's the pack I was thinking oh, of. Oh, cool. What's in that? Because right, that's the pack I've been eyeing. Because uh, uh, since we're on the PlayStation Thomas Alone, 4. Thomas was alone, Alien Breed, uh, Hotline Miami, fucking... Uh, fucking... Oh, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember any other ones. It was just Thomas was alone. That's why I got it. Um... I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. Mm. I might not get that pack then, because I like Thomas Was Alone, but Alien Breed and Hotline don't really sell. Yeah. So Hang on, let me double check. Um. Dead air was Jackie looks for some. Jack's looking at his thing. I can't do uh, Jackie. Sorry, Al- <laughs> Alien Breed, Hotline Miami, Thomas Was Alone, Velocity. Oh, Velocity's Total- really good. Total Recoil, Super Frog HD, Cloud God, sorry, Floating Cloud God, Men's Room Mayhem, Coconut Dodge, and now I remember why I bought it, Limbo. Limbo. Ah, okay, there's three or four really good games in that list. Limbo is fucking brilliant. Magical. I do have the good ones already on other platforms, though, so I might not. Yeah, we've got them already. (laughs) 
There's enough. also the Disney Mega Pack. There's sports oh, and wow, racing. That's so cool. The Lego Pack looks pretty cool. Uh, oh yeah, I don't think I've not got that listed on here, but. Well, there's the 10 game mega pack, which is stuff like uh, Little Big Planet and uh, Ratchet and Clank, that sort of stuff. Oh, that might be good. Yeah. Because that's just literally just a. Uh, well, it is, it's just a whole bunch of different games that are proper. You know, like Equilibrium, Lemmings, Hungry Giraffe. Ooh, yes. Hang on. Jack and Daxter, Lemmings, Loco Roco, Ratchet and Clank, Worms. This might be the pack I buy. Yeah, you can. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but it's always, it is always worth buying the indie packs. Oh, sorry, the, the pack with the, the games. Yes. With the, with the Vita. Yeah. Because so, now yeah. I have a PS4, I am seriously thinking a Vita would be a lovely companion to that. And then you can play it when you're not in the room. You can play it when you go to the bathroom. Not that I do that. <laughs> Although well, I have genuinely as... thought of getting um, a PSTV for the computer room, because yeah, uh, it's it's nice to spend time with Zoe whilst we're both gaming, but the PS4 is in a different room. But yep. with a PSTV, I could be playing PS4 games in here. Yep. <laughs> It's perfect. It's very cool. I could be playing Destiny. Yeah, I see you've been playing that. It's, I'm really enjoying it, actually. Because originally you were like, man. Oh, really? I didn't think you'd... I, I wasn't... I, it, you, played I, the, you played the beta, and you were like... Yeah, I was really not sold on the beta at all. Um, but then it came with my PS4, so I put it back on. Uh, the PS4 version is much prettier than the PS3 version, but I am not that shallow. Um, <laughs> I still maintain the single player game is not strong. Yeah. Uh, in that I basically stopped playing it as soon as I reached the moon. The Halo Reese game. Which is quite early on in the game. Yeah. Uh, but the multiplayer, especially if you're playing with friends. Yeah. Uh, and you get a good coordinated team going. Uh, that's what I play a lot of. I uh, and, yeah. and it's really fun. Uh, as just a pure shooter, it's because you know people buy Call of Duty not for the single player. Um, that's true. This is sort of my equivalent of that. I, I've, it's the multiplayer game. That's if I want a pure shooter, if I just want to sit down and you know make some kills, I'm going to play Destiny. Yeah. If I want to cause mayhem, I'm going to play GTA Five. Yeah, <laughs> and they're both really, really strong multiplayer games that I've not played the single player of at all on my PS4 and have totally been rinsing the multiplayer of. Mm. In GTA's case, it's because I played the single player already. Uh, and in Destiny's case, it's because the single player ain't that great. Mm. Cool. Okay. So, that was video games in 2015. It was. It was. We talked about them. We did, for at, at length. At length. Was it? Yeah. We have lists of stuff we are intrigued on and lists of stuff where we won't be touching. It flew by. Can I, just, can I just point out how fucking lovely and optimistic we sound versus a look ahead at 2014? Yeah, when there was like... A look oh, back at 2014. Yeah. No, no, was it look ahead at 2014 when we were doing the whole are we going to ever buy a next-gen console? Oh, no. Right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've even sat here and gone, this might be the year I buy a Wii U. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I ought to mention Star Fox for the Wii U is coming this year. Oh yeah, and it's, we like a, and it's an actual Star Fox game. Yeah, new, new Zelda. Yep. Oh god, that looks good. The Zelda looks amazing. Oh, 
I mean, I have to admit, the uh, purchasing of the Vita and the Wii U both are rather predicated on a pay rise. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or indeed my bonus, um, which I'm hoping to get in a couple of months. Uh, but yeah, I can see myself getting a Wii U this year. Because if the price comes down and these game releases hold true, then yeah, that's going to start making sense. Hell yeah. Right. We Soon we have games. to make our clan on GTA. Yes. We, no, we won't call it that. Not a clan. We're not going to call it the beat Gang. clan. Gang. Let's not. But yes, you have a PS4, don't you, Jack? I do. Why Why aren't you playing GTA 5 with me? I have a very limited amount of money. Which you should be spending on GTA 5. Oh, or, you know, food. No. No, I'm sorry. There are priorities to be upheld here. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> It's so much fun. I keep stealing military planes. Yeah. In fact, the same military plane over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to get into it just so I can, like, be a stylish dude in a suit. And take the taxi everywhere. And don't be take a, a taxi. Steal a cool car. No, no, don't, no, no. no. I'm going to get in a taxi and tell it to take me somewhere. That's the boring way of getting around. <laughs> Do you not know what I did when I last played GTA oh, 5? Oh, God. In fact, when I played GTA 5 recently, and it's the first time I've played a Grand Theft Auto game since Vice City. Um, and you know what I did? What did you do? I left the hospital because we were doing like a die and pass it on thing. Yep. Left the hospital, and I got on the train. He got public fucking transport. <laughs> I missed the kind of the concept of Grand Theft Auto. He was on it for about... 10 to 15 minutes where he then got off where he then got off the train because he started a fight with someone <laughs> you know you know failed you know in the single player mode where you jump and then press circle or B or whatever it is and you like sort of square the circle yeah you jump and then sort of flatten out in midair yeah you saw I did that into the train on. and tried to start a mosh pit on the train <laughs> But then, yeah, he started this fight, failed, was sort of backing out of the train as this guy was wailing on him, and he sort of stumbled backwards off the edge because it's on a raised, like, platform, fell onto the highway, and he first died. (laughs) That was my first experience of Grand Theft Auto in, like, (laughs) ten years. I had one the other day where it was uh, myself and Nick, my co-host on Take It or Leave It, uh, and we had to get sort of all the way to the top of the map. And he's like, oh, that's such a long way. I'm going to steal a speedboat. It'll be faster. So I get in my muscle car and just gun it. Yeah. And it was a bit like those Top Gear challenges, you know. Oh, we, need set, different. we need to set those for ourselves when we get GTA 5. Except that it was just like the Top Gear ones and that it was an embarrassing win. You know, I was there and I was like, okay, I've turned up. Where's your faster boat? <laughs> and I opened the map and I was like, you've barely moved and he's like if I could not hit every fucking wave (laughs) (laughs) so I was just sitting there waiting for ages as he was just embarrassedly driving this speedboat around the coast going this is a really bad idea I'm very sorry (laughs) just come to shore and steal a car it will be quicker but no he decided he had to see it through Again, it's one of these games that, I, like you were saying with Destiny, that it is instantly heightened the moment you get sort of team play or you, you make your own sort of um, 
connections with it with other people yes uh for example the time i was playing with like a couple of good friends and we were just sort of preparing to do a big job so we'd found a ammunition we were stocking up ammo and body armor when a dickhead in an assault helicopter decided to fuck with us oh no and it turned into this running war between him and his friend who were just clearly griefers they were just player hunting griefers that yeah. was their game and we were like alright we'll fucking have you then and this small desert town because we were way out in the scrubs yeah. just came host to rocket launchers assault helicopters sniper <laughs> rifles oh, wow. <laughs> you went full desperado yeah, once upon a time in Mexico when you turn up with everyone and you've got all the hardware oh it's so cool it was so um, much fun I'm just I'll, I'll, I'll mention something that was funny that I saw Alex doing uh, I came around the other night uh, played a bit of GTA 5 um Alex had been leveling up and he'd been telling me how he had his eye on the... It's the RPG that can lock on. Ah, yes. You can get it at a lot lower level than the normal RPG. Um, and he's sort of just getting a bit more experience every now and then. And then eventually, after a quite a lot of toil, eventually he has the level and he has the right amount of money to buy this rocket launcher. So he instantly buys it. He goes outside of ammunition and there are <laughs> there are two people. One is in a big like lorry jeep of some type. The other is in a cargo bob that is lifting it into the air. <laughs> the griefers that you're talking about are exactly like Alex. In the sense that as soon as he's bought the weapon, he takes aim and just annihilates them. Wow. And watches them crashing, burning to the ground, and then just gets in his car and drives off. It's <laughs> a lot of that kind of stuff that is even more fun than the actual mission. Yeah, what a dick. Exactly. It's so much fun. Like, I was running around with Nick another time, and this guy just dropped me out of nowhere you know no no reason to to have a go at us at all yeah and then i was like right we're having him and he'd sort of disappeared up onto a rooftop mm. and was hiding and was just picking people off basically so it became this game of cat and mouse as nick and i were like sneaking around trying to find rooftops that overlooked his without him noticing us yeah so we could line up and take him out and it just became this this wonderful cold war between us all. <laughs> because obviously at one point I had a, a bead on Nick and not on that guy. So I was like, it would be a shame if I didn't uh, and killed my friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, hey, you gotta. Uh, and that kind of organic gameplay really, really makes GTA V. It really does. You always, you always get a little bit tense when you see one of those white dots turn up on the map. And just and heading your direction. Yeah, like, speed. what are they doing? The worst <laughs> is when you see a red dot heading your way. Yes. <laughs> and their mental state yep. is off the chart. <laughs> you know you've landed in a bad server. You know, oh dear, here comes that guy. Yes, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Which Alex, by the way, is fast heading into. Like, <laughs> he saw another guy, uh, and he pulled up. This guy was beeping at him, and he was like, me, 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 and he was like, clearly saying... Alex get in the car and admittedly stranger danger he's saying the car was locked I don't believe him it's probably true because you can set the privacy on your car uh, so that uh, different types of uh, group like your gang your friends anyone can get in the car like mine anyone can get in as a passenger yeah but only I can drive it 
Well, this guy, well, he might, he might have forgotten. Maybe he didn't understand, but he wasn't attacking him. He wasn't driving at him. He was just honking the horn and clearly waiting. So Alex just turned around, looked at him. And there was this moment where this character was looking back at Alex's character and Alex's character was looking back. Alex goes into the weapon wheel, pulls out the C4, throws it on his windshield. The guy tries to react, but it's too late, and detonates basically the entire block as the chain reaction of all the traffic and stuff. Oh, God. It's just a beautiful game if you, you want you to criti- watch the Are you criticizing the mental choices? I'm not criticizing at all. Coming, it's from, coming from you, the man who has to attach C4 to the window of his helicopter to remind himself that he has C4. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, every time I fly a helicopter, I put a C4 on the windshield. <laughs> just to keep myself in the know that if anything does go down, I can take people out with me, you know? And then when you go to first person, you always see it there just in front of you. What I was doing the other day was I was running around with my secondary character who was only like level three, so I had the pistol. Yeah, yeah. And and we accidentally got involved in some police incident. Uh, it may have had something to do with the fact that we stole a fire engine and uh, <laughs> went on a rampage. Yeah. Uh, and I'd sort of... I'd gotten away from that, uh, but as I emerged from my hiding place, uh, a cop saw me and I had one star again. Yeah. So I shot him. Uh, and then I had two stars. Uh, and then I sort of ran up onto the rooftops, three, and they sent a helicopter. And <laughs> I was just jokingly firing at it because I was like, I've got the pistol. Yeah. And I accidentally headshot the pilot. <laughs> and suddenly I had a four star rating. It was like level five. I had a pistol and I'm stuck on a roof. And suddenly I've got a four star rating. And just all my friends who were logged on with me were like, the fuck are you doing? Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. And that's the other thing. You just have so many stories to tell from this game. And it's just dropped you in a world where you have a couple of guns. You've got like uh, a couple of vehicles, planes, helicopters. You just join in. It's excellent. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why I said that so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So fondly. No. Oh. Do you remember those halcyon days? Of yeah. Grand of murdering hundreds of people, <laughs> running times. people down. A nostalgic Game. look at vehicular murder and vehicular manslaughter. The hatchet man in first person. Oh God. There's something horribly personal about putting someone in with that. There's something <laughs> horrible about driving along doing missions with. Yeah, your friends you're playing with, but someone else is logged into the party chat. And just <laughs> suddenly hearing that person satisfyingly declare, I can confirm it can take up to seven axe blows to get the money out of a person. <laughs> oh, God. You don't like watching me play it, because I do, I do burnouts on people. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. I only do that on friends. Yeah. <laughs> NPCs are safe, but if if you're my friend, I will very slowly drive over you until you are <laughs> under my wheels, and then I will do a burnout on you. Yeah, Jack. Jack paints the town red, literally. <laughs> like Jack is a very special type of insane on Grand Theft. It was quite interesting to get out of the car when I crashed it at the end, and oh, there was the, the blood on it was so specifically angled. And the, the the bonnet of the car was so buckled that it looked like my car was bleeding. Yeah, because it was it, it was sparking a little bit, and it was smoking. But and it like, smashed into a wall, yeah. and all the, it looked like all this blood was pouring out of the engine. Oh god, it was like um, Christine. Yeah, Stephen King's Christine. 
<laughs> and yeah, let's not forget like vehicular like genocide with a tractor. <laughs> yeah, there's a tractor on the beach you can get, and it's got this thing that it drags around behind it. Yes, it which does. Is on, yeah, to, to obviously level out the sand. And Alex was driving this and just reaping people with this tractor. All the sunbathers were getting leveled yeah. into the and sand. No, no one could stop him. The police <laughs> were trying, but for some reason, all tractors are built with bulletproof glass, it would seem. And yeah, they couldn't stop him. It was, yeah, it was messy. But he cleaned up after himself because everybody he ran over was just being collected behind him. So... <laughs> Yeah. I think that's the note on which we should leave it. Yeah, yeah no, a very morbid note. Anyway, yes, lovely. So that I can, has... fix, I can, I can fix the morbid note with something cute. Oh yes, do on, please. Um, Evie's almost walking. Ooh, yeah, she's she's so ready to just to, to. She doesn't want to crawl. Uh, she, she just wants to walk. But when she does crawl, it's like watching a. Uh, she she does the worm. <laughs> That, so that's how she, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, he's she, a now. Oh, because I've got Seriously. the WWE Network, I showed Zoe Scotty Too Hotty the other day. Oh, what did she think? Legend. I think confused would sum up the reaction. <laughs> the best description I've ever heard of Scotty Too and Grandmaster Sex say is like, that's his name! Grandmaster yeah. Sex Because <laughs> I remember Too Cool, I remember yeah. Scotty Too Hotty, but I could not remember Grandmaster Sex A's name. A.K.A. Um, oh, forgot, oh, fuck, I forgot his real name now, because he's, he's uh, Jerry the King Lawler's son. Mm. Brian Lawler? I think so, Brian yeah. Christopher, Brian Christopher. They're always Brian's. Yeah, and yeah. basically, yeah, there were some people talking about their finishes and how, like, the worm was stupid, but only only Scotty could have done that and gotten away with it, and, like, it really got people pumped, and it was really unique, and, and it was silly and fun, and it was it, it was very different, whereas Brian Christopher's finisher was the hip-hop drop, which is just a leg drop, but you jiggle a bit before you do it. <laughs> you compare those two finishers to how their careers ended up, and it's like, Scotty Toddy is still... Part-time a wrestler, but his main his main job is that he's a New York firefighter. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then Brian Christopher, who did the leg drop, uh, released two failed albums and lost all his teeth. Oh, lost all his teeth. Lost all his teeth. Fuck. Poor little guy. You can get them back though now. Yeah, that's true. And he's got arrested. Dead. Yeah, that's true. But then, say, but yeah, but then you know what? What Lawler hasn't been arrested. True. But I do like the description of his finisher on Wikipedia. Yeah. Hip hop drop, parenthesis, diving leg drop with theatrics. Yes. <laughs> I think that, that's, that's the perfect description. Theatrics is just doing a bit of a shuffle on the ropes. Yep. So, anyway, till next time, listeners. This has been World on Stage One. I have been Simon. I will continue to be Jack. I have been Irish. And henceforth, I shall be known as. Rob. Okay. <laughs> Which I think. So that's my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.